everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are really excited today. We have one of our favorite guests with us and we are here to talk about the Sugar Plum Twist. It's a fun movie that first aired on Hallmark Movies Now and then was on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries this last weekend. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Lila Fitzgerald is here. Hi, everybody. Lila. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me back. I always love it. Yeah. I, when you were on Deliver Me a Podcast, I think in the summer, I think. Um, but, uh, but you haven't been on, I don't think our podcast since we had you on for a watch along, which was super fun. Of yeah. Daro. Yeah. If people don't know our patrons <laughs> get a watch along where we invite a talent like Lila and we watch one of their films and you get all the behind the scenes details. And that was very fun. And then we had you on for the other dance movie, the, um, oh shoot. Now I, I, I can't think of the name all of a sudden, but we had you on at the beginning of the year. Yes. That one was amazing. Mm-hmm. With Luke McFarlane and Alexa Penavega and everything. Uh, so that was really fun. And so when I saw that, this was sugar plum twist was ballet related i thought oh we gotta have you on <laughs> so well, i always love a ballet movie yes so do i i love a dance movie <laughs> i mean i've always loved dirty dancing i love this you know we've got step up movies there's there's so many good ones but uh but yeah this uh looked like an interesting film and I, i'm excited to get to talk about it but before we do that, we got to get an update. What has your 2021 been like? Well, it's been a busy year. I actually, um, for, you know, the past dance season of, you know, September to um, about June of last year, I was in a ballet company myself. And then after that, I just got so busy with auditions through the summer, I realized I had to prioritize my acting and so took a step back from ballet and ended up in two productions um, for film this fall that are really, really exciting. Um, it's Monster High on Nickelodeon and Devil in Ohio, which will be on Netflix. Oh, Netflix. That's exciting. Yeah, and I was also um, in March, well, also being in a ballet company, I was in the movie Honey Girls. Yeah. Uh, which was by Build-A-Bear Entertain Entertainment and Sony Pictures. And it was just absolutely amazing. I loved it. I want to catch up with that. I, I I have not been able to see it because I just have been so busy with awards and with cr uh, Christmas movies. But I really want to see it because not only you, but Cindy and a lot of other, other of our favorites are in that one. It was such a beautiful movie. Trey Fanjoy is a genius and created something really magical. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And so you're actually in two series with Devil in Ohio and Monster High? So Monster High is a movie musical that will oh, be coming okay. to Nickelodeon in 2022. And Devil in Ohio, I'm guest starring in that series. Yes. Uh, in 2022. Oh, that's so cool. That's cool. Did you, you just filmed your auditions for him? Uh, from home for those ones yeah you know with covid uh there's really no in-person auditions right now so mm -hmm. pretty much everything is just a self-tape from my bedroom which is <laughs> nice i get to just do my thing you get to see all my outtakes on my instagram 
Yeah. I feel like I would do better with that than the in-person auditions. There's definitely, um, pros and cons to both. You know, I find that I work well under pressure. So when I am walking into an in-person, uh, director producer session, final round, I really, it really kicks me into gear and gets me going and performing 100%. But at the same time, when you're in your bedroom and you get to take your own time with it, it's nice because you can really make it your own and have the time to be like, mm, I want to tweak that a little bit. I want to go again. Although sometimes yeah. I find that, you know, the first take, the one you get uh, right away sometimes is the best one because it's just natural in what happens in the moment. Yeah, I, I would believe that. That makes sense to me. I always found auditioning to be the most stressful. I mean, just when I was in high school doing plays and stuff, I was on auditioning to just be so, so nerve wracking. Well, what's really hard now is everything is happening over Zoom, which is mm -hmm. nice that we have that option. But I just recently did a chemistry read over Zoom. And although <laughs> it was fun, and I'm glad that they're making those things still work. It's hard because chemistry is human connection. Yeah, exactly. Over a screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you just finished Monster High, right? Just in December. Just recently. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that is exciting very exciting so you finished school yes i actually graduated high school early uh so that i could you know really get going with acting so that i could be legal 18 they call it that's when you finish school so that you don't have to do school on set and you can work longer hours and all that so i got high school out of the way as soon as i could <laughs> yeah don't blame me <laughs> i mean especially when you know last year when it was all at home anyway might as well just graduate early yeah everyone a lot of people just kind of buckled down last year i think yeah i graduated early so i know what that's like i am um, my family moved my senior year of high school and so i i didn't want to start a whole new high school just for one year and so i just started going to community college uh, for my senior year of high school and uh and then, yeah, base, so I basically graduated, graduated early. So, yeah, I was, was homeschooled fun. whole life, so made it pretty easy for me. Right. <laughs> well, that's cool. Congratulations. I am very happy for you. So, you. yes, this movie, The Sugar Plum Twist, and I'll read you a little, the little summary. It's after failing to get the coveted role of the Sugar Plum Fairy in this year's production of the Nutcracker, Viviana Serrano joins forces with Talia to create a surprise reprise of the dance of the sugar plum fairy with a Latin twist. So what did you overall think about this movie? I thought it was really amazing. The thing that I loved most about it was that they really brought to attention uh, the boxes that classical ballet puts us into uh -huh. because ballet is a world of tradition and it is a world run by people who are not letting anyone who is even slightly different break out into it. And that's something that I've really seen as a ballerina and something that's pushed me away from the art form is that most major companies treat their dancers terribly and don't really let them be artists. They force them to be ideals that no one can live up to without burning themselves out. So I liked yeah. getting to see Natalia have a vision to change that and that 
Vivi got to come into the company as someone being themselves and dancing as an artist, not a puppet. Yeah, I I was going to ask you about that, how you felt about it, because on one hand, I can see that if I like I'm going to see the Nutcracker on Thursday and I would be really annoyed if I went to the Nutcracker and it was all of a sudden this new thing you know unless they advertised it as such and so I knew but if I was if I bought my tickets expecting to see the Nutcracker uh, I would be annoyed if it was all of a sudden this like new take or whatever I guess Uh, and so they it must be hard for them because I'm sure some want to break out but but the expectations of the audience because like you just there is an expectation about ballet exactly that's the thing that you know, is a delicate balance is ballet is beautiful in its classic form. And you don't have to change how classic it is without letting people of different ethnicities and people of different body types take part in it. And the Nutcracker especially, you know, is really a racist ballet, because if you look at it, you have the dance, the Chinese dance that is all just filled with, you know, stereotypes of how Chinese people dance. And then you have Arabian, which is also filled with stereotypes. And you have Spanish, which is filled with stereotypes. And I think without breaking forward in boundaries in ballet, you know, we can't move into a world where ballet can actually recognize its dancers and their histories and everything without, you know, forcing them into racial stereotypes. Yeah. And especially when you cast white dancers to play the Chinese tea and the Arabian coffee, you know, that's a huge problem. True. It's a good point. It's a good point. So you have in this movie, you have Natalia, who is uh, played by Jamie Gray Hyder, and she's coming back from the city. This is our classic dynamic of the city girl coming back to the, to the country, to the small studio. And she just got kind of burnt out, as you say. And she is going to be she was in the city working as a choreographer instead of a dancer uh, at a certain point. And then she sees Viviana auditioning and she kind of has a connection. They too have a connection. And, and Viviana, Viviana is played by Lara Roscoer. And yeah, what did you think about Natalia's character? I really like Natalia's character. I liked seeing them cast a woman moving into a choreographic position because that's another issue that you see a lot. Although women are the faces of ballet, really they're held back behind the scenes. Uh, And oftentimes, even if you have someone like Miss Cat in charge, they will still only hire male choreographers. Like we see that Natalia is pushed into the assistant position, even though she has bright ideas. And that happens so much in ballet. I feel like this movie really, without fully making that the focal point of the movie, really touched on all the issues that you find in ballet. So I loved getting to see Natalia move into a choreographic position uh, and really stand her ground. And, you know, even though she still struggles with it, saying that she wants to be a choreographer, I really liked seeing that instead of just oftentimes once ballerinas are injured, they're forced into just a teaching position yeah yeah it, it must be uh pretty almost as competitive to get those choreography positions as it is to get the dancing positions honestly it's even more especially when you're a woman they mm-hmm. and especially if you're a woman of color 
it's almost impossible for you to be taken seriously as anything other than, you know, a sylph in the background of Giselle or something. That is crazy. Yeah. So they, they show them, uh, the, um, uh, auditioning, uh, they need to find a new sugar plum fairy and, uh, the auditioning process with them all doing the routines and, and everything. Did you feel like that was pretty accurate to an audition or, or not so much? Absolutely. Especially when Meredith comes and tries to psych Vivi out, that's, you know, a scene that you see all the time in ballet auditions. You know, I'll walk in to a room and it's chock full of ballerinas and they'll make eye contact with you. And sometimes they won't say anything. Most times they'll just go into like a deeper stretch, lift their leg above their ear, turn three pirouettes on point and then turn and look at you. They really, it's cutthroat. Uh, ballet companies like that too. They like us to not form connections because, you know, as soon as you say, hey, it's not good for us all to hate each other and view each other as competition instead of fellow dancers, there would be an uprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they really do show in this movie the, the, comp- the competition between the different dance studios. Like you said, Meredith is all caddy at uh, the festival. And, and, uh, you know, she's like, your studio was so cute, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> she's very, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that that is uh, like for any competitive sport, you know, that's going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, the girls who've had the training at prestigious ballet schools since they were three years old have been trained from a young age to view themselves as better than the girls who start late or have a different body type or went to a small town studio. And that's been ingrained into them. Yeah. Hard yeah. To, for them to unlearn that and realize that every form of dance and every dancer has a purpose and has meaning. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Did you think that they did a good job with the dancing or did it look pretty? Uh, did they do a good job with the doubles and things like that? Well, in your Meredith, eyes? the actor herself, she is actually a trained ballerina and she is fantastic. Uh, she's in 2020. I know she started her own company to start bringing ballet to uh, places that, you know, would not normally see ballet. She's oh, yeah. amazing. Silken Kelly is her name. Yeah, Silken is fantastic. So it looked pretty seamless to you? 
absolutely. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looked good to me, but I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm pretty, pretty, I'm, I, I am not a good, I'm not a good dancer. I mean, I watch, uh, dancing with the stars and usually I'm just like, unless they like do something obviously bad, like fall or something like that, then I'm like, Oh, that looked good to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's funny too. I liked seeing, um, all the Latin dance in it, like the salsa and all that, because I am not at all trained in that, but it looked so fantastic. But I'm like you in that aspect. I wouldn't know if that wasn't good, but it looked good to a ballerina. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, I went and saw this way back in 2002. I saw the um, ice dancing at the Olympics and it was the one, they have one set where they do all do the same routine, basically in the same music. And for ice dancing and <laughs> I don't know, the commentators were like, that was terrible, horrible. And I was just like, really? It looked exactly the same to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they say they, she has that kind of this, uh, fantasy routine on stage. Viviana does. And, and she sort of thinks about, and said, beautiful moves deserve a spotlight. And uh, we also meet uh, Matteo, who is uh, interested in um, Natalia, and he says he he asks her out, and he says, "If you ever get hungry, I'm around. Check the lighting booth." <laughs> that was cute. I thought he was pretty dreamy. He Mateo. was fantastic. Yeah, I loved yeah. them together. That was fun, and. Uh, we found out that he's actually an English teacher and hosts the drama club. And she's like, is there anything else that you do in your free time? <laughs> that, was, that was fun. And uh, then uh, he says that his abuela makes the best pasteles in San Juan. Um, so there is a, I mean, I in retrospect, I should have had somebody from, additional third person on this podcast who is you know from Puerto Rico or something like that uh but I did like all of the representation it seemed pretty uh well done to me I mean what do I know but um but it seemed like the response on Twitter there were a lot of people saying you know thanks for doing this I really enjoyed it you know kind of a thing I it seemed to be well done to me yeah I get same as you I am not of that uh, nationality. So I can't speak on their representation, but I do like seeing that, uh, Hallmark is bringing lots of different backgrounds to their movies now. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. They may be laying on a little bit thick when they, when they literally have the parents putting the flags all over the tree, you know, like, I felt like that was maybe a little much, but you know, it's, it's fine. Um, you know, you don't want to be, you want to represent, but you also don't want to be patronizing but uh but yeah they um they have them over for dinner and he well he says we haven't had a chance to talk yet we need to fix that (laughs) that was cute (laughs) do you see there's like a montage of her directing students and i thought that that was well done i mean again i'm not a dancer but i thought that it looked pretty they did a pretty good job if there were you know dance subs for the roles i thought they did a pretty good job bringing them in and out and, and making that uh in mateo and uh and vivi dancing together and um 
there's also the scene where them where Matteo, Vivi, and uh, and their friend, their pregnant friend, they do the karaoke. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. That was fun. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? Just like the oh. United can do. You know, I always love anything Taylor Swift. So honestly, you could put on any of her songs and I wouldn't even need the karaoke machine. I could just go solo. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. When we have our uh, Hallmarkies cruise someday, we'll have you. <laughs> um, my go-to is Wide Open Spaces from the Dixie Chicks. It's like right in my range. I, it's a very easy song. I know it very well. So I just hope that that's always there. <laughs> When we're at karaoke, I love <laughs> they're amazing. Yeah, and uh, so there. So Mrs. Cat sees them helping Viv after Viv didn't get the role, um, and their argument is, "Well, we we're doing it off of company time, and it wasn't using uh, the company's face." And, and you know, so they have they have their arguments, but she's like, "You did it." You knew I didn't want you to do it. I, could you see her point at all? Or do you think she was just being a jerk? I mean, I could definitely see her point in the using the stage without asking her. If she is, you know, the head of the company, I would be way too scared to use company property to perform anything else. However, since Natalia was doing so much for Nutcracker, she wasn't falling behind in her work for that. I do think it was understandable for her to work on side projects since she had her work handled. Yeah, I would think so. But then Mateo steps in and defends Natalia, but then Natalia gets upset at Mateo for, uh, for defending her and you know, that she can do it on her, on her own. Could you, could you see that point for her or? Sweet that he stepped in to defend yeah. her. I also understand she was trying to defend her job and, was worried that he could make it worse. And I think she was lashing out because she was hurt. Yeah. You know, yeah, it makes sense. Hurt into this company and then was turned around and told she was suspended. So I can see why she'd be hurt. And that happens a lot in the ballet world. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a risky thing for Kat, Miss Cat to suspend her when she needs her for this production. Well, but like I said, that happens so much in the ballet world. People with power in that world think they can do whatever they want and that they are always in the right. So she had, Ms. Cat had her other choreographer in there and she viewed Natalia as just assistant choreographer. And all she was also, Ms. Cat was also hurt because the prior choreographer had left because of another company. But in the grand scheme of things, ballet companies will just let you go when you aren't useful anymore. They feel no loyalty to you, even if you feel loyalty to them. For the most part, there are the few that are good, but they are very few and far between and certainly not on large international scale. Yeah. Uh, so you know, she says, well, there's a, a whole world of dance I'm just beginning to explore. She says that to the, the other choreographer, the who is also pr pretty much a jerk, that <laughs> other guy. Yep. Yeah. And so then there's, there's an event at the botanicals and Viv, Vivi sets up Mateo and Natalia. And she says to him, I don't need protecting or defending, but it was nice to have someone in my corner, which was cute. I like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought they had pretty good chemistry. Yeah, they had great chemistry. For uh, um, Mateo and Natalia. And, and he says, you can't always know how someone cares. Sometimes you have to show it. And that's when they're, they are under the mistletoe. And that was, that was a fun moment. <laughs> it was so fun. I loved that. I love a good cheesy mistletoe kit. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the, I guess the previous choreographer, speaking of loyalty, like you said, what had been disloyal to Miss Cat and had been training other studios. And so then when she saw that, she freaked out and uh, so she tells Natalia that I overreacted. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, that feels pretty real to you about the the um, the different studios infighting kind of that you'd get. Yeah, ballets uh, cut through. Every company thinks they're the best company. So it, the second you try to, you know, be part of two worlds, I can see why one of the companies would say nah and cut you loose or feel absolutely hurt that you would go and be with another company. Yeah. So then there's a caroling scene uh, with uh, some flirting between Justin and, and Vivi. And what do you think of them as a couple? I thought they were so cute together. I love a good musician dancer duo. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, in reality, this, nutcracker would have been going on the whole month of december right absolutely yeah most companies perform you know from the beginning of december into sometimes even into the new year uh Mm -hmm. depending on you know what company you are how big their budget is if they're touring or if they only do like say three weeks but you know yeah i mean the nutcracker makes up a big portion of the ballet company's profits for the whole year right Absolutely. That's really the show that brings in people who aren't ballet fans uh, who would come to just any ballet show. The Nutcracker is a holiday tradition, not just a ballet. What uh, have you, what roles have you been able to play in the Nutcracker? Uh, I was a party girl in um, Los Angeles Ballet, Los Angeles Ballet's production of the Nutcracker. I got to tour with them and play one of Clara's friends. So that was really amazing. That's cool. Have you ever gotten to play Clara? No, I haven't. I only did one run of the Nutcracker actually before leaving the Los Angeles Ballet Company school. They didn't do it there in Van- in Vancouver? No, the company that I danced with, uh, well, when I was in their company, actually it was the middle of COVID. So we couldn't put on our winter production, but they usually do a show of Hansel and Gretel. So I was able oh. to be that one year. And they also do a winter solstice performance lots. Coastal City Ballet is one of the few good companies out there. Cool. Yeah. I Like I said, I'm going on uh, Thursday. I, the Ballet West here in Salt Lake is one of the best in the whole country. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's, it, it's pretty expensive, Ballet West. And so I, I haven't been uh, that often. It's it's Broadway level costs. It's, it's, it's pricey to go to Valley West, but, uh, I don't know. I just thought it would be fun this year. And I think that the Nutcracker, not only is it just so iconic, uh, for bringing in the holidays and everything like that, but also it, 
it's the music is all over the place, including in, you know, Fantasia, for instance, you know, there's the whole nutcracker suite, which is one of my favorite sections of Fantasia. And uh, in, 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 instead of being nationalities, it's different flowers (laughs) in Fantasia. Which my holiday shopping has been haunted by sugar plum fairy remixes <laughs> yeah yeah that's right so you would be a big fan of this sort of latin take on nutcracker absolutely i am all for ballet breaking boundaries and becoming more accessible and also you know supporting moving into a new world where instead of like I said before, creating stereotypes of these dances, actually having people from those cultures create the dances around them. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea. In theory, I would just, if I was an audience member, I would just want to be warned that that's what I was getting. You know what I mean? Well, and absolutely. And I think, you know, you can keep it traditional probably while still keeping it not a stereotype. And not well, that's what I like. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can just make it more accurate. I mean, it's just instrumental music, so they can do whatever they want with it. Exactly. If you had um, someone of, like, if you had a Chinese choreographer and all Chinese dancers, you could do Chinese tea with traditional Chinese dance. And I think that would be fantastic to see. Yeah, um, that would be really you know, When cool. you have a white choreographer casting white girls to do Chinese stereotypes for that dance, that's just not okay. And that shouldn't be happening anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I did like the way the fact that they did the remix after as kind of like an encore. I did like that. You know, they didn't, they kept the traditional Sugar Plum Fairy, but they mm-hmm. also showed what ballet can be in a new era. Yeah, that was good. That was a good way to handle it. And then they, uh, they have Justin and Vivi are dancing and Miss Cat kind of interrupts them and she has a kind of a new idea of what they could do. And uh, then uh, we also see that Meredith hasn't been replaced, which I was kind of glad because yeah, she's catty and everything, but she'd put in the work. So I think that she deserved to have the part. Uh, but, you know, just because we don't like her doesn't mean that uh, that it should be taken from her, you know? Exactly. And like I was saying earlier, Silken is such a beautiful dancer. Every time she came on to do some dance, I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, cause there was a movie a couple of years ago called, I think it was just called ballet. It was, um, I, it was, uh, an animated film about a dancer and, and there was a kind of a caddy girl who was making things difficult for our, our hero. And, and like last minute, she was out our heroes in and the, and she hadn't even been there for like any of the practices or anything like that. And I'm like, I actually don't think that's a great message to send to kids that like, all you need to do is have like the dream. You don't need to put in the work. And, and then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to do it and it'll be great Uh, because you should be nice to people, of course, but you also need to put in the work. Yeah. Ballet takes a lot of dedication. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you, you've been able to like do programs at Lincoln center and stuff like that. 
Didn't you do a summer? I did a summer program with the Joffrey Ballet School um, in New York City. And that was absolutely fantastic. I love Joffrey. They are definitely focused on the new age of ballet. And I really like that. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, then uh, we see the show and they introduce Natalia as principal choreographer. So that's interesting from what you're saying that that would be like a big deal. That, yeah, lots of, um, I'm glad to see there are companies now that are bringing women to the forefront. Um, and I liked seeing too in this movie that they're shining a light on those companies and celebrating those companies instead of just, okay, you got your job back as assistant choreographer. It was, yes, you were a beautiful ballerina and you had a great career and it doesn't have to be over just because she's had an injury or aged out of ballet's defined set of years that you get before you're thrown on a shelf and forgotten because of the new shiny ballerina the company has brought in. So I like seeing that she got to go on creating art and being a big part of it, uh, even though she wasn't a ballerina anymore. She was still a choreographer and got to hold a meaningful position with the company. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then at the end, uh, the Sugar Plum Twist is performed. And that was a lot of fun, something new and different. And then they have Vivi and Justin kiss at the end. And then we get Mateo and Natalia. So both couples at the end, which is fun. I love them. Yeah. They were cute. Very good. And so, yeah. What would you give this movie uh, out of five crowns? What would you give it? Oh, I'd give it five crowns. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Crowns though. What's that? They have to be Christmas themed crowns. Christmas themed crowns. Nutcracker Prince crowns. Exactly. Um, I'd probably give it um hmm. I I'd probably give it like a four. I think I'd give it a four out of five. Nice. Yeah, it was it was really solid. I enjoyed it. And uh, I thought they did a good job with all the dancing from what I know. And uh it was it was better than I expected, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it was done really well. Mm-hmm. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Before you go, we have to give you the our Christmas questions. Right. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. All right. What is your favorite holiday drink? Favorite holiday drink? I love a good peppermint mocha. Oh, very good. Okay. What is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Recently, I found a recipe for brown sugar cinnamon cookies, and they have become my new favorite uh, holiday cookie to make. That sounds good. It's brown sugar cinnamon. Huh? That sounds really good. Okay. What is your favorite Christmas song or carol? 
Favorite Christmas song or carol? Oh, I have to think about this. I love Silent Night. I'm going to be honest. It's a classic. And if you had to ask me, you know, if I could only ever listen to one Christmas song again, it would have to be Silent Night. Good one. You know, it was written originally to play on the guitar. Really? I'll have yeah. to try it then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was originally written to play on the guitar because it was written by a German uh, pastor at the organ went out and it wasn't working and so they needed a song for the christmas services that you could play on the guitar there's oh, <laughs> your holiday trivia for the day there you know, <laughs> the reason why i know that is because when i was in high school my uh, fall play one year was a holiday play where we had like little little vignettes about uh, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Christmas anyway and one of them was a silent night play little vignette and I had to be the woman running in the organist <laughs> it's broken oh no <laughs> well, Herr Pastor, the organ is broken <laughs> what are we going to do Christmas is ruined <laughs> So there we go. That was my moment in the, moment in the spotlight there. <laughs> I would have liked to see that. <laughs> yeah, I had um, that spray, uh, old, old, uh, old people spray in my hair. And, oh. uh, and I had uh, makeup on to make me look old. <laughs> oh, pastor, oh no. Uh, so there we go. <laughs> What is your favorite Christmas uh, classic movie? Oh, I love It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it's so good. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who do you prefer, Scrooge or the Grinch? The Grinch. Okay, good. That was easy for you. Well, he had at least some drive to him other than just, ah, bah humbug. At least he was (laughs) doing something about hating Christmas. Plus- if everybody was being super loud, which is what the who's are, I would be so irritated. Exactly. He just wants to, you know, that's what he's here to do. He yeah. hates Christmas. He's destroying Christmas. Good for him. Yeah. He... I like that he finds Christmas in the end. But, you know, he's I, I say like taking the last can of who hash is pretty, is pretty mean. But other than that, I mean, nothing, if, if somebody wakes me up before, cause I have insomnia once I get to sleep, if someone wakes me up, oh, it's not, it's not pretty. <laughs> well, carolers, but if they woke me up, I'd be oh. a little upset. <laughs> I would be too. All right. Which do you like better? Clear lights or colored? Clear lights. I love trying to make it as close to candlelight as possible without creating a fire hazard. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Okay. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Snowball fight. Okay. I'm all about some healthy competition. <laughs> good. All right. Would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? Oh, I'm terrible. I actually do this thing um, where I tape up every single possible entry to the gift so that it's hard for people to open. And last year (laughs) I wrapped my sister's present in about like 15 or more layers of gift wrap. So she had to keep going through to get to the gift. And I threw notes in through every so often through the layers, like almost there, keep going. It was really wonderful. I like to make it an experience. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> All right, last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? Oh, yes. I have this. I also have ugly Christmas sweater pants. 
Um, oh. I have this wonderful sweatshirt that has a cat that's glittery and has googly eyes and it's all tangled up in Christmas lights, um, which is pretty interesting. I've never seen ugly sweater pants. Oh, yeah, I won, <laughs> I won the most festive award for my clothes at um, my sailing club at our Christmas regatta. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. You're sailing. So you do this every single Sunday? Yeah. So during most of the year, it's actually uh, three days a week, but because it's winter, it's technically the off season. We go every Sunday, uh, which is super fun. And recently my sailing partner for her capstone project in school, she set up a full regatta for us uh, called the gingerbread cup. So that was just this past Sunday. Isn't it like freezing being on those boats in the middle of winter? It's freezing. It's very cold. I've got base layers and a wetsuit and all of that. And I'm still freezing, especially when you capsize, it's, it's pretty mm. rough. <laughs> oh Do you usually capsize or is that rare? Well, it, yeah, it happens a lot. Especially yeah. in the winter, it gets, we get the winter winds. So oh it gets gosh. pretty intense out there. And I recently got a boat with uh, some of the other coaches at the club and it's called a 29er. And it's a very large, very intense racing boat. And it is technically too big for me. However, it's really fun because it goes really fast. Uh, but when it gets into those winter winds, sometimes it's hard to keep it upright. And I end up swimming more than sailing. I mean, that's you're talking like really cold water. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're like doing polar bear swims on a regular basis. Wow. Yeah. And- you know what? Good for me. Keeps me lively. Yeah, that's great. And is, is it just you on the boat or you said you have a, a partner? Yeah. So I sail double-handed boats, which basically means that there's two people in it. During COVID, I had to sail single-handed, which, you know, one person, uh, even though you use two hands, single-handed. Um, so <laughs> I was doing that through <laughs> COVID. And then uh, as soon as I got back to being able to have two people in a boat, I jumped at the chance because I prefer crewing, which is basically where you don't steer, you do sail controls. So making sure it's the correct shape and you're actually in a harness, usually like standing off the side of the boat to keep it flat. Wow. That takes some guts. That sounds like amazing. It's terrifying. Uh It's so fun. Close to flying as you can get. Wow. That's cool. I mean, I love being on like a motorboat boat. Uh, I, that's one of my favorite things in the world yes. to do, but usually not in the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun during the summer. Um, I coached at the club actually, and I was able to drive little dinghies around. So I got a motor for that. Well, one of these days you need to come down and try the Great Salt Lake because they have ocean worthy waves sometimes. And uh, Cause it's in a Valley. And so you get that, those big waves. There was one time I was out in the, you know, cause I swim the great Salt Lake and, uh, and I, I was out in the, with a few of my friends and, uh, we got this sudden swell of wind coming in that we hadn't expected. And I, I'm pretty, pretty good swimmer, I would say, <laughs> but it was, really scary because I was stuck on the, uh, uh, it just kept pulling me back in and back in and back in. And, and I was exerting so much energy to try to go forward that I was exhausting myself. And, uh, and so my friend, thank goodness, like saw that I was struggling and he came over and like, kind of helped me 
to be able to get over to the edge. And then once I got over to the edge, I, uh, I tried to stand on my legs and my legs were like jello. I could not move. And so it was like, it was a very interesting experience. And, and my, you know, my friend and I were just, you know, joking that, uh, we, we, we call the, uh, great. So like the devil lake, <laughs> because it's, it's really tough. It's a tough lake and, uh, it's five times saltier than the ocean. Yeah. We've got, wow. That's yeah. Amazing. I'm not making it sound very fun, but it is actually, <laughs> so if you I came down, we would have a great time. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll go sailing there. It might be hard when I get splashed in the face though. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's true. You, you need to <laughs> plug your nose when possible, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a very unique because you go in the water and you, you float. Did you know that in the great Salt I Lake? I had heard of that actually. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, yeah. So we'll have to have you over here once, once the, the key time is like June, uh, because that's before you get the bugs and when it's not too cold. <laughs> I'll bring a sailboat. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. That sounds good. I, I love, I, you're such an interesting person who has so many interesting hobbies. And I just, I, I think you're an incredible young lady to, you do the sailing, you do the ballet, you've got acting, you <laughs> that's incredible. So uh, congratulations on all that you've accomplished, especially in 2021. Thank you so much. I, I don't like downtime too much. Yeah, like clearly. <laughs> well, I hope you have a nice Christmas and thanks so much for coming in and talking about this movie. I definitely would not have had any of that insight as far as the studios and the, um, and, uh, the other parts of the film. So thank you so much for talking with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for bringing me. I love talking about ballet. So I was excited to get to do this. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And thank you to Hallmark Crown Media for giving us a screener so that Lila could watch the film because it was not available in Canada and Hallmark Movies Now wasn't available. So we appreciate you helping us out on this one and giving us a screener for it. Uh, that was very helpful. And uh, Lila, where can people find you, your social media, all that fun stuff? All of my social media is Lila Fitzgerald. Uh, if my name is spelled L-I-L-A-H, kind of different than how most people do it, uh, but it's all just my full name. Yeah, and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, so please check that out. And also, yeah, make sure you're following the podcast to Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews, five stars. It helps us so, so much. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our merch store, which has tons of fun Hallmark inspired items and designs. And we have our patient group, which is really fun. We get to do those patron watch alongs, like what we talked about, what we did with Lila and watching Daro and Daro. So that was really fun. Uh, but there's all kinds of cool things. You used to be part of our Facebook group and it's just a, it's definitely worth your investment. And it helps us out so much. So check out the patron group and Lila, thank you so much. And hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye everyone. Bye.